Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. This is your humble host, Amrit Sandhu. And today, I'm still here, still bringing to you the wisdom of the Inspired Evolution, and still here on the mission to help you live a life that's inspired and empowered with the love for life. And on this journey today, I have the immense pleasure to introduce to you a brother, Chris Dixon. Welcome, brother. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> ah, such a treat to have you here. So those that are listening, um, Chris is a yoga practitioner and educator from Southern California. He has a deep passion for yoga, meditation, mindfulness, and the healing arts. And uh, if okay, go check him out on social media at the very least. Chris's yogic abilities, uh, not that it is a competition and you're always in competition only with yourself, they'll inspire you. <laughs> As a teacher, Chris aims to inspire students to discover their own practice, to find strength and space in their body, as well as clarity of heart and mind. Chris believes in a well-rounded, balanced yoga lifestyle, and through his teaching, he wants techniques to connect with life. He, he wants con- techniques that help people connect with their life more fully. Chris has studied and taught extensively in the USA, he's taught in Australia, he's taught in India, he's taught in Thailand, and now we're blessed to have him here in Melbourne, thanks to his little bubba. <laughs> so welcome here today, Thank Chris. Thank you so much, thanks for having me. Oh, such a treat to have you here, such a treat to have you here. We connected a, a couple of years ago, and um, I just remember, yeah, just with the, I just remember really clearly just how phenomenal your practice of yoga was, um, was because I remember you saying at the time you just recently started on it and you were like you were working on something so deeply and so profoundly I could really see the dedication with which um, you had committed yourself to something and that was something I definitely wanted to just dive into and have a chat about today like that dedication and the inspiration for that dedication where that came from yeah well yeah it's been a long road of of, of practicing and um, one of my original introductions to the practice when I was a teenager so I was introduced to it uh, my mom practiced yoga when she was young and mm. I was exposed to it maybe when I was about 12 or 13 for the first time yep. it didn't quite stick but it planted a seed so totally. okay this is interesting and this guy's having me move and, and breathe in an interesting way 
Um, so it, it certainly made an imprint on me. Uh, it wasn't until you know, I was at college, university, um, where I signed up for a class randomly. I just needed some extra credits. It was a yoga class. I didn't even know what kundalini meant. It was a kundalini course. Yeah. So I was oh, sure I'll sign up for this. So I signed up for it. And I showed up to that first class, and there was this little old lady, must have been in her mid-60s, late-60s perhaps. She was wearing all white, sitting on a little sheepskin rug. And um, I just got like, chills up my spine. And, um, and a few weeks later of working with her, the connection to the practice had been established, the connection to her as a teacher. Um, was, it was really coming through that this person was showing me something very special. Mm-hmm. Her name was Deva Kaur Kalsa. Yeah. And she w- became my original and first teacher. Um, and basically at the time she was just showing me how to tap into uh, this old technology of the yoga practice to access uh, clarity within mm. to free up any areas of you know your physicality your mentality your emotional space freeing yeah. up any um, kind of stagnant areas there so you can just come back to being clear mm. so she was showing me this I like to call it like low tech, high tech. The simple technology. <laughs> yeah, she just just showing it, bringing it through. So yeah, I think that made a very strong imprint um, in my life at the time. That like, wow, there's something much more than meets the eye yep. uh, to to life and to living, and I wanted more of it. So yeah, I started pr- uh, practicing and training with her for a few years, and yep. she became a bit of like a almost like a godmother, I guess, like a spiritual guide or a, uh, a teacher of sorts. Yep. And yeah, so I think that was really what watered that initial seed that had been planted. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, from that time until now, I've been staying with the practice, and it's yeah. continued to evolve and, and deepen and broaden. And um, yeah, I continue to learn more and more about it. Now mm-hmm. I'm doing it for not only a passion, but it's also my life's work. You know, it's my how I make a living, how I provide for myself and my family, um, and also just kind of a, a map by which uh, I navigate through life. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a set of tools that I can use to support my life and my relationships and the things that I do. So certainly it's the practice is enriched when it's integrated into all aspects of, uh-huh. of life. Which is amazing, right? It's so you've got, this, uh, you've got this, what a gift. <laughs> just absolutely floored by it. Um, having something that gives you so much that in turn you are capacitated to, to want to share but then sharing from that then provides you sustenance for yourself and that becomes your whole your life and your rhythm with things and I think that's what's inspired me so much to get you here today because I know you you travel quite a bit and it's amazing that you've got something that is translatable like that and, um, and you can really share from that place of passion and purpose um, and anyone that meets you can see that it is definitely something that has left its imprint on you and does drive you so deeply um, and then they get to receive from that as well from the authenticity that has inside something you touched on which you just went zoom <laughs> straight over which was mentality physicality and emotionality right these are <laughs> these are three things which you mentioned oh you have clarity in these in, in these areas those are big things <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know and it's it's amazing that um that yoga can can help with something like this I, and i definitely wanted to to just talk to that a little bit more in terms of the connection between the three perhaps a little bit um 
but also uh, help yoga spaces finding clarity with those things. Absolutely. So the as far as recorded, the practice is about five to seven thousand years old. Mm. If there's a, you know a lineage or tradition. If you start to look at some of the original writings of the yoga practice, you actually come to see that it's more of an ancient psychology. The in the past hundred years, it's become westernized, mm-hmm. which has been amazing. It's been made this practice widely accessible. Now there's a thing called the yoga industry, which you might have heard about. Uh, and what? <laughs> so, so now it's um, very... It's got nothing to do with Lululemon. No, nothing, pants, to right? do, <laughs> nothing to do with Not it. hating on Lululemon, great pants. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, it's, well, I guess when you think of yoga, a lot of people think of, okay, I need to be flexible to, to do mm. yoga. I need to be a certain like, fitness level, you know? Yeah. So I guess ultimately it's become... Yoga is about fitness and flexibility. Yep. So it's all focused on the physical um, in general in the West. If, you know, yep. I'm just going to speak to it in a blanket yep. terms. Majoritarily but sort of mainstream perspective of it, yeah. Yeah. But when you start to actually look at the heart of it, I mean, in the very beginning, there's this thing called the Yoga Sutras, which are kind of some of the oldest recording threads. Sutra mm-hmm. means thread the oldest threads of communication about the yoga practice that go back for thousands of years. So when you look at these, and like the first, uh, it's actually the second sutra, they give a definition of yoga, which a lot of people don't even get. It says, yoga citta vritti nirodaha. Yoga is the cessation of the fluctuations of the mind. Yoga is ceasing to identify with the the waveforms of what your mind tells you you think it is. So it's... Amazing. It's... When you're looking at that definition, it just says yoga is clarity. To be in a state of yoga is... Yeah. It's just that presence of being clear behind your eyes, uh, in your sense of self. Mm. Not in the sense that like, I am you know, this, this story that I carry with me, totally. or this personality that you know, doesn't, doesn't necessarily define me. But mm. the yoga aspect of to be in a state of yoga is just to be clear and present, and that's it. Nothing else. Yeah. Nothing else. But there's also another aspect of, of yoga which is a practical thing which is like yoga as a verb mm. uh, as something you do rather than yoga as a state of being clear and that yoga as a verb is a very specific format that's been designed and tested over the, the thousands of years that it's been yeah. around that speaks to all aspects of a person mm. so at first it defines okay yoga is ceasing to fluctu- uh, the, to identify with the fluctuations of the mind and then it continues to break down, you know, the activities of the mind, you know, where you might get distracted, um, the different states of mind, you know, sometimes the mm. mind is very overactive, sometimes the mind is very slow, sometimes you're dreaming deep, and sometimes you're uh, feeling a bit more lethargic mentally, mm. um, sometimes the mind is scattered or moves mm. like a monkey. <laughs> yeah. So there's all these different aspects that speak, okay, very specific, it starts to break down, you know, how the mind moves. And where you might get stuck, where we, uh, you know, the mind clings to, uh, mm-hmm. clinging to life, or clinging to pleasure, or certain sensation, or habit. Um, so it just the practice works generally from gross to subtle. So I think it makes sense while the practice has spread worldwide that we start with the most gross, which is the physical body. Mm. So in that way, there's been, 
you know, different styles of yoga that have come through that are focusing on starting with the physical body. Yeah. It's like baby steps. So you're not going to work to just jump in and find that pristine, clear state of mind. Most likely, maybe you do. If you start right, <laughs> with, if you start right with meditation, you're in a, probably in a good spot yeah. to get there. But if you're starting through the whole process and, and method of Ashtanga yoga or mm-hmm. uh, eight-limbed yoga, yep. Hatha yoga... Um, yeah, I mean, the, the practice works generally from gross to subtle. Something interesting on a little side note before I get a little bit deeper into your question uh, is that the map of yoga, the format in the eight limbs, the first two limbs don't even have anything to do with the body. Mm. Uh, the first and second limbs are yamas and niyamas, and it's actually first how you treat others and how you treat yourself. That's before you even decide to get on a yoga mat. If you're going to truly practice you know, in a more traditional way, before you even get on a mat, you've got to be addressing how you're treating others and how you're treating yourself. That's so profound. It's so simple, yet so profound. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That's all right. Yeah, that's a, and, yeah there's, and it goes through some specifics you know, um, that can be used as guides that are called the yamas and the niyamas, of, mm-hmm. you know, how you live in the world, how you relate outwards. And also how you're relating inwards, because that makes a big difference as you step onto the meditation grounds of your yoga mat. Uh-huh. Um, I can't remember who uh, who said it, but I love this quote. It was something about um, in the practice, um, your body is the simplest altar. So I like that idea of like, you know, it becomes this tool of reflection, mind, body, and spirit. Um, so with that little side note you get to the third limb which is asana the, the physical practice of yoga which m- most of us would be very familiar with of seeing people doing yoga poses you've got your standard poses mm. and some, some older ones as well yep. uh, interestingly enough a lot of the yoga poses out these days are you know only about 100 years old mm. whereas the sciences of yoga is, as you were sharing far yeah, older it's far older um, there's some you know there's some really old um, yoga asanas, the, the physical poses that are thousands of years old as well, but most of them are just preparing one to sit mm. in meditation. So most of these poses are targeting the hips. Also, a lot of them are, are um, a couple of these original poses are working for twisting and kind of um, healing through the abdomen um, yep. and digestion. So uh, it's interesting the, yeah. the correlation between more traditional practice and modern practice. Um, so anyway, I guess the concept is as you create a little bit of space in your body, mm. um, any areas that are tight or tense or you know, storing pain or trauma in the body, as mm. you start to work through those areas and unpack those areas, you look for what is called sukha, which is good space, healthy space. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, room, room to breathe in your body, sukha. Mm. Love and it. you look for stira also, which is stability. Mm-hmm. And those are like the, the two fundamental qualities of how a, a practitioner connects to their physical practice. Mm. You're just looking for those two qualities. Anytime you're moving in the yoga practice, you're looking for those two aspects of good space, lightness, mm-hmm. and also stability, groundedness. Yeah. Which I think is a, a pretty cool like barometer to move by or like a compass, yeah. how you can kind of come back. And my physically am i relating to my practice be it on the mat or in my life am i relating in a way that allows space am i relating in a way that feels pretty steady and stable yeah because 
also, you know, consistency and stability is very important in building yeah. a, a framework mm -hmm. to work your way up towards a more subtle clarity of, of mind yeah. and momentum. For sure. yeah. So, you know, as you work through the physical aspect, you're looking for those two qualities, stirasuka, um, space and stability. And then, you know, generally the next step of refining from the physical is the breath. Because the breath is very interesting. It's both physical and subtle. Mm. So in that way, it's a, a beautiful thing to deepen your practice or uh, go a little bit further. So if you've worked with the physical practice for a while and you decide, okay, I want to go a bit deeper, then you start to look at the breath. And yeah. I love to geek out on the breath. I think it's amazing. <laughs> Honestly, I could talk about That's it for phenomenal. quite some time. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, just a, a little couple thoughts on the breath. The breath is a leader and it informs your physiology uh, in the sense that if you're spending your day at a desk for example hunched in you know, and mm. you're just breathing shallow in the upper lungs that will inform your body that to more of a stressed response yep. perhaps if the abdomen is tight and the breath is shallow that will be telling the nerves to kind of be a little bit more in a a sympathetic state, a little bit more uh, kind of fight or flight. Yeah, gripping, uh, holding on. You got yeah. it. That's it. And over time, that can you know burn out the adrenals. Mm. Um, so, on the contrary, if you're tapping into the breath and and changing it a little bit, encouraging it to be deep into the upper lungs, into the ribs, into the belly, a soft belly, that acts as a catalyst for change in, in your physiology. So you, you deepen your breath, you smooth your breath out, you relax your breath in an expanded way. Mm. Uh, that then in, terms, in turn uh, signals for the nerves to relax, which in turn will signal for the muscles and tissues and organs to come into more of an optimum place, or optimal functioning. And then that relates to the mind too. You know, if you you can even try it, like just take a few long and deep breaths, and it will naturally just relax the nerves and settle the mind. Mm. You know, so it's super simple. And so in that way, it's kind of the low tech, high tech. You've got these amazing <laughs> tools right at your fingertips. That yeah. um, uh, that's one of the minimalistic beauties I find about it. That you need not reach out for anything else, but instead you can just tap on these these tap into these tools that are uh, available so yeah there's a lot more to work into the breath but I'll just keep moving as from from gross to subtle so you've got the physical work then you're working into the work of the breath mm. oh one more note on the breath uh, it's actually yep. called pranayama yeah pranayama is the breath work but <laughs> yeah. it's a cool thing prana translates to life force or the mm. life vital life principle so it's mm. like your chi mm-hmm uh, and ayama means to extend or to add dimension. Yeah. So I, I think that's so cool. So this work of deepening the breath is taking your life force and extending it mm. and adding dimensionality to it. Sorry. And I think that's pretty cool. It's that's like wicked. Just, yeah. yeah, right? I think yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. So just by tapping into this process of inspiration, of breathing, mm. you're adding extension and dimension to your kind of vitality. Yeah. And you can break that down in, in Western scientific terms. Okay, well, you're delivering more oxygen into your bloodstream, into mm -hmm. your brain, into your tissues and organs, and you're, you're 
uh, you know, able to express more and be present more, and yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Great, the science is catching up. No, yeah, totally. <laughs> it's cool. There's amazing scientific backing behind a lot of these tools, and that's it's nice to see it from different angles and for you know whatever depending on uh, who you are and what you're interested in. There's mm. certainly an approach to connecting it, connect to it in a way that feels good or makes sense to you. Yeah. So I think that's pretty amazing. So, uh, and then you get from the breath into the more subtle workings. Yeah, the the emotional body or your you know emotional intelligence, mm. which is interesting. Depending on who you're talking to, you can also correlate you know trapped emotions with physical pain. You can correlate you know um, traumatic experiences that brought up a lot of emotion, um, also with different um, diseases, mm. which. Uh, in the practice called dukkha, the opposite of sukha. Dukkha is kind of constricted space, stuck yeah. space, stagnant areas. Um, so yeah, you get into the emotional work um, as well as the mental work. You know, I, I guess I'll kind of speak to these two together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the mental space, the psychology, the, the workings of the mind. The, if you look at the method of the practice in relation to emotions and the mind, um, the practice will recognize that we're creatures of habit and pattern. So in this way, as we start to work through the layers, you know, we, we tap into the movement of the body, the deepening of the breath, the clarifying of the mind, and then coming to or it's a place of stillness where we can actually start to reflect inwards on the inner patterning, the emotional patterns, the mental patterns that are conditioned through early childhood. Or perhaps, this is an idea also, that when you're in the womb, you're taking on multiple generations of genetic material as well. Let's mm-hmm. say seven, eight, nine generations from your maternal and paternal lineage of genetic coding. It's being coded into you. Yeah. So th- and that's even written right into the practice. So if you mm-hmm. start to read deeper into it, it'll actually acknowledge and address that, okay, we've got these things called samskaras, patterns overlaid over the top of us. So we can either um, be born in, in with these patterns or in addition to, um, we move through life and have experiences that overlay additional patterns on top. So part of the work of the practice is peeling back those layers and those patterns so we access and return to a place of clarity. So in that way, as you m- move from gross to subtle, from the physical, the breath, the mental, the emotional, then the deeper work is coming back into the personality. So you get to a, a point where you're redefining the personality because you're working through these patterns as you move deeper into the practice. Yeah. As you and create more and more shifts. Yeah. Exactly. And that's amazing. That's mm. I think that's where the good stuff is. Mm. Yeah, that's sweet. You can have long hamstrings, do some stretching, <laughs> but how about redefining your world yeah. and your personality and how you relate to it so that you can, you know, be more connected, you can be more empowered and that's, you know, in the, you yeah. create evolution. That's where it's at. Mm. So, and a lot of people don't know that. They say, ah, yoga, that's not for me or ah, yoga, that's just for people in tights and you want to do stretches. <laughs> you know, that's not it. It's yeah. a cycle psychology it's it's the intent speaking back to the heart of it is accessing more clarity in our lives Uh, you could also call that moving through life with more ability to respond 
you can respond to your inner environment you can respond to your outer environment from a place of response and not so much reactivity if possible of course in theory yeah. that's much easier said than done yeah, always is <laughs> yeah always is so in that way as you work from gross to subtle you get to a point where you're redefining the personality and we're just working to become more responsive humans in the world yeah and more clear in our sense of self mentally emotionally mm in our hearts, you know, yeah. in our lives, in the work we do, in our passions, our pursuits. Uh, and then it go, the practice continues to go further to look at kind of the spiritual aspect. Yeah. So that, Which you know... That, totally excites me. Yeah, yeah, and that just keeps going and going. So it, it's pretty amazing, and you can kind of geek out into it as, as, as far as you want. It's, mm. it's, there's uh, lifetimes of information in there. So <laughs> I, I just think it's amazing. Yeah. Wow, thank you for that. That's all right. I hope that (laughs) answered the question. A bit of a long (laughs) answer That was amazing. Phenomenal. Yeah, that was a... I really appreciate... There was a lot in that. There was a lot in that to to receive and also feel into. Um, The personality was definitely something that I really, really enjoyed. um, How all that sort of culminates and flows into something that is so integratable, which is your personality, being your person, and the way that person interacts with the world. Um, And then also the... Just the in terms of getting into clarity that place of good space and stability I think that was um, that for me listening to that was definitely um, something that really just resonated really really deeply um, because I think a lot of my personal journey is about space um, and for me good space yeah really really is something that I consciously try and take the time out to cultivate um, but I really like the idea of good space but then also stability within that to let that chart you as a compass so that was definitely something that I've just learned so thank you for that um, I'm really I'm in awe of um, I've always had always had me there being an avid meditator um, but you've touched on this quite a few times the low tech high tech low tech high tech and it just I it, I love it to the point of frustration <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah right on <laughs> you know because it's like exactly when you're describing the breath you know um like it's uh, now it's become widespread. So like I've been going around teaching meditation on construction sites and all these amazing obscure oh, places. Amazing. Where I get to go teach meditation now, and it's and it's that whole low tech high tech thing, and it's amazing to watch the amount of high tech high tech that people are hoping to achieve in this more and more complicated world, because their relationship with the world is becoming more and more complicated. There's more and more dimensions to it. There's more and more background noise, so they need more noise to drown out that noise almost. So then they're looking for something really complicated, and a lot of the time it's just like if you're feeling overwhelmed, stop for three seconds, count your breath, and try and drive it as deep into your body as you can. You know, and that'll just give you this moment when you're at your desk really just coming back into your body and it's super low tech (laughs) but it's super high tech in what it does for you um and so i'm completely in awe of that and is that can we talk to that a little bit so what's um yeah so what's your experience of that been with because obviously your journey as the yogi has been much much longer and you must have a lot of um, examples of that along the way certainly yeah um i guess it speaks to this idea that simple practices can yield profound results Mm. It doesn't need to be complicated. You don't need to reinvent the wheel to mm. some degree. And totally agree, okay, we live in a very complex world. Yeah. Most of your listeners, I imagine, are living in fast-paced society and culture where we're 
perhaps even you know, Western culture where we're moving at fast pace. It's go, go, go. Mm. There's a lot of competition. And we're not taking that much time to slow down. Yeah. So I think the simplicity of a practice of just slowing down is a good start. Mm. No matter what it is you do, I think just dedicating and just getting a bit serious about taking that time to slow down <laughs> is a good thing to do, a great starting point. And it doesn't need to be complicated. If you think, okay, never never tried meditation, sounds like a big thing to do, no mm. problem, maybe put that on your plan, your six-month plan. But you can start now with a bit of time to just sit back, relax, and you know, put your feet up the wall, mm. or take a salt bath. Or go yep. out into nature, take a walk with your bare feet, mm. you know, for a little bit, breathe deep. Um, as a bridge to get into the meditation practice, there's cool things like float tanks <sighs> and things like that, where yeah. you go sit in this sensory deprivation chamber floating in water, uh, and that kind of taps you into meditation mm. kind of in the side door yeah you just yeah. take the side door the back door and you're like <laughs> well you're not really meditating but you are yeah S- similar to even in the yoga practices if you've ever been to a class at the end of it there's this thing called shavasana yeah which funny enough some people walk out at that point they're like okay well we're done that's great <laughs> but the trick is that's the thing the yeah. thing that you're intending to do actually if you're looking at get accessing more clarity in your life the thing is the shavasana. Yeah. All the other stuff's just preparing you for it. For it, yeah. So it's 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 kind of a little secret. <laughs> like the pudding, the the that shavasana at the very end is the thing. Yeah. Because when you've worked through the body, worked through the breath, and you land into this kind of zero point mm. where you're just resting deep, and the mind is kind of teetering in between wakeful alertness and sleep. Yeah. You land to this point where that's where the redefining happens. There's a certain clarity that comes. In and that's where the healing occurs. Mm. That's where old patterns are let go of. That's yeah. where there's this kind of space in between to to let go of areas that are caught or stuck. Yeah. Old patterns, behaviors, thought loops, emotional tendencies. That's where it kind of unpacks. Yeah. Um, so I guess yeah. And then coming back, if you're up for the journey of meditation, I think it's amazing, um, and it doesn't need to be complex yeah again in a complex world where there's you know more is more and that we've all got so much on our plates i think that opportunity to just use that as a sanctuary for simplicity is a mm. big thing if your meditation practice is as simple as setting a timer for five minutes and just watching your breath i think that's amazing mm. if you can slowly over time up that to 15 minutes 20 minutes amazing even better and you know at first meditation can be as simple as just closing your eyes down and committing for those few minutes to sit with your breath to observe it to watch it to feel it changing shape and move through your body and that thread of connection to the breath acts as 
a bridge between the mind, the body, and the moment. So just naturally by watching the breath, you come into the moment. The, the mind gets focused. It gets, becomes concentrated. It lets go of all the periphery stuff, the to-do list, the, all the things. It just lets go of them for a moment. I'm and it, so keen to come yeah. back to geek out on the breath with you again. Because <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. nothing more dialed into the present moment than your breath. Mm. And I just find that to be the ultimate hack, which is exactly what you were just about to talk to. Yeah. It's huge. Well, it's amazing. And, you know, there's there's lots of traditional ways of manipulating the breath, actually, as far as changing it. There's ways of breathing that stimulate. Mm. So if you're kind of like in the morning, if you're feeling exhausted or something like that, there's ways of breathing um, different pranayama techniques that will mm. wake you up, that will get the nervous system wakened yeah. and um, get the mind sparked up, ready mm. to go. You know, it's, um, there's ways of breathing that will calm the nerves and soothe the body and you know, prepare you for sleep. Mm. There's ways that are a little bit more in between that are intended to balance. Um, you know, the hemispheres of the brain or balance your energy so that you're just a little bit more steady. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's all sorts of different methods. But in general, as a starting point, uh, I think just deepening the breath is a good way to go. So you're at your desk or you're in the car or you're going about your duties or you're looking after the kids, whatever it is you're doing, mm. uh, just to take a moment to consciously breathe even yeah. even while you're doing it I think that's great mm-hmm. and that conscious breath doesn't need to be forced or like this big deal <laughs> you know yeah. where it's like all full of stress but instead actually how can you start to fill the lungs the chest cavity the ribs the belly so that you're creating space internally mm-hmm. uh, and carrying that space with you and for me what I've noticed that that can sometimes life starts becoming a bit more poetic in that space because if you practicing that in your five minute time of meditation where you're just focusing on your breath a little bit more if what I've come to realize is a lot of people lose the magic source when they go um oh I started thinking about something and I suck at meditation oh uh, like, yeah totally but totally. bro when you realize that you were thinking about something <laughs> that was it that was it <laughs> that was it that's it how often do you sit there and go oh I'm thinking about something <laughs> it's like that's it just start again yeah, you know, beautiful. And that's the whole thing. And then I realized that as you cultivate um, the practice of breathing deeply at your desk, your whole life becomes this extended meditation because it's like, oh, I've been thinking and I've been conscious about all this stuff. And it's like, I'll just come back to my breath. And so you're almost ex- like taking that practice of meditation further, which I got really excited about everything you shared about yoga before because it was all about, yes, there's aspects that you take learn on the mat, but it's all about the expanded relationship with your life and everything further. Um, So I really want to push back a little bit to another space, which is how did... So obviously your mum had this practice of yoga and you got enthused by it. Um, You've done other things along the way as well. Was it always clear that yoga was going to be the path for you? Oh, no. No, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. um, No, it's just kind of been out in the periphery over time, just kind of... um, yeah, having just like anything else is just one of the things that I was exposed to. So yeah. I was always really into to moving and exploring, be it mm. you know outdoor adventure sports, surfing, snowboarding, mountain biking, yeah. um, rock climbing. I was into health. Yeah. Uh, I was into exploring, you know, traveling. Mm. Um, so yeah, all, all sorts of different methods, music, um, and yeah, it just so happened that over the years that path became more and more clear. Mm. Um, How did it become more and more clear? Can you talk to that a little bit? 
how did you know that yoga was or music was? Because I know your music is also something that's... Yeah, I do incorporate the, the sound work into yoga as well and connect with that aspect. Um, how did it become clear that this was something that I want to carry with me in my life? Um, well, I think that initial meeting with this teacher in college or university really made an impact that was kind of a decision or a choice point for me mm. um, where I recognized that there was a deep gift in this and that mm. I really connected with it. And was that just a that connection, was that just a feeling inside that you really just, difficult to refute sort of thing? Or Yeah, I mean, I can speak to the sensations that came up. Like yeah. I was feeling elated or enthusiastic mm. or in, inspired. Yeah, uh, it's a good, it's a, yeah. I'd get chills positive. and things yeah, like yeah, that yeah. and little shivers up my spine or I would just feel like I was in the right place in the yeah. right time. So these mm. feelings, it was a felt experience of yeah. like, something's here for you and there's a connection that yeah in some ways it's difficult to speak to because of course um, many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The depth of, of what was coming through. Um, but I think that was certainly a pivotal point where I started to understand and it was starting to become clear mm. that this was at least at that point a personal um, practice that I yeah. wanted to carry with me as a passion and a way that I can center myself mm. and work to develop and evolve as an individual. I think it wasn't until a number of years later I think uh, that I decided to do a teacher training mm. and uh, that was I, at the time I didn't really plan to be a teacher then I just wanted to deepen my understanding of what the thing was because <laughs> I'm just okay I've started practicing this thing it's awesome it's yeah. cool I feel good what's it all about mm. so I committed to do this teacher training and I was able to sit with a couple key teachers uh, for a month in immersive training and I started to learn about all the aspects of it the western anatomy the physiology the um, yeah, the psychology of the practice, the theory, I, lo mm -hmm. I love it all. And, and then the healing aspects. It's cool. It's like there's even written into the, the old kind of philosophy of it that is that if you keep a continued practice, you'll gain clarity, you'll gain confidence because of the regularity. You'll be mm -hmm. more empowered in the world. You'll yeah. be able to move with more freedom in the world you'll be able to excel at what you do mm. so it's like these things started to come through and I started to recognize that there's really something to this so uh, right after that first training uh, I took on a 
few classes and uh, the rest is history it just started <laughs> making more connections around it and um yeah. and building and building until uh, a few years ago i was able to transition to teaching yoga uh, full-time yeah. as uh, a living mm. as a passion yeah. as a career mm. and also i maintain a personal practice i'm also a student mm-hmm. yeah. I've, I've got teachers who i learn from um, and I stay committed to my own development as yeah. a student, um, and then I get to share in the role of a teacher as well. That's the best. And yeah, just refining, refining, refining. So yeah. I, I see it as a science. I also see it as an art. Mm. And it's cool because the canvas is life. Yeah. And uh, and these tools are like paintbrushes or scalpels yeah. it, you know in some way I guess you are kind of doing surgery on the personality <laughs> but you're also creating art with what you do you're, yeah um, yeah it's a very beautiful ca- painting that you're putting together yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, we're all doing it we're all, we're all artists mm. in life's masterpiece it's all happening so was it always super easy to transition into becoming like because it is an alternative venture in life to be a forever student of yoga and handing off your learnings to teaching in yoga as well, right? Um, it's not exactly what we would consider as a mainstream uh, career. You refer to it as career, but it's, it's a, like a dharma almost, it feels like when we're talking. Um, so some people don't have, or did you have anything that was more like more mainstream that you've transitioned out of and was it an easy sort of process or... It was a gradual process, you know. I studied environmental science, mm. uh, worked in the health industry, so I've, you know, had a little bit more of a, a standard, recognizable career path yeah. before uh, going down the the path of yoga. You use the word dharma, mm. the, your purpose. Yeah, uh, yeah you're kind of your soul's calling, mm. that fulfilling path that is, you know, you, you hear the call to to enrich your life and and live freely. Mm. Um, so yeah, I certainly kind of went down a more standard road, um, and at some point, yeah, I, I made the t- decision to leave that behind. What what influenced that decision? I think the voice was just getting louder and louder. <laughs> hey, buddy! Yeah, buddy, come on! Like, this thing's ready. It's at your fingertips. Get going! Get yeah. going! Now's the time. So. There was a moment of a leap of faith where, you know, I had to kind of wrap things up, wrap things up with work. I sold my car, I sold all my belongings, and I went and did another training, uh, and that was kind of a a leap of faith. I left the States um, at that time and started teaching a little bit more internationally in addition Mm -hmm. to my studies, and uh, ultimately that landed me here in Melbourne where I'm living and teaching now, so... Um, yeah, there was certainly, though the process was gradual of making the shift, mm-hmm. it has been gradual over time, there was certainly a turning point or tipping point where I, there was a call to action and it's yeah. like, hey, there's this next progression of your life is about to occur mm. and there's going to be a small leap of faith. Mm-hmm. At the time it felt big yeah. and uh you can organize where you can, but there's also an element of moving into the unknown. Yep. So trust. Be, pre- trust. be prepared to let go of the areas where you're clinging a bit tight and mm. be prepared to find a new landing point. Mm. And, um, 
that was a really powerful and enriching process to move through. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think it's great tools of being able to move through change because you, know, you want to keep changing, you want to keep growing and re-evolving your patterns. I guess that also comes back to an interesting one. If we are, if you accept and acknowledge that we're creatures of habit and pattern mm. uh, from the day we're born really, we're developing patterning, then the yoga practice isn't necessarily about clearing patterns. It's about having a look at the old ones, redefining them, reformatting them, and creating new, more accessible patterns. So in that way, we're not trying to like dissolve the human. We want to be very much human, but we want to improve. We want to grow. We want to evolve. Yeah. Uh, evolve. So, yeah, it's like, okay, I recognize this pattern where I'm doing this thing that I'm not happy with. I'm, mm. I'm perpetuating this this career or this relationship or uh, this challenging situation that I keep telling myself I have to, to, to deal with or whatever. So, you know, you're perpetuating these patterns. You're perpetuating them. And in some ways, as you work through them and get clear on how you can rearrange these patterns, in some cases you can completely change the pattern that you're in. For example, mm. changing job, changing relationship, changing where you live or whatever. In some cases, it might not be so clear. Mm. So you might be able to have an opportunity to change your relationship to the pattern. Mm. There might be patterns in our lives that are never going to go away. Mm. And in that way... We can also reflect and sit with those aspects mm. and learn to accept those patterns or be at peace with them, uh, be empowered by them or see them in a new way, relate to them a little differently. So I, in that way, I think it's a life's process. Yeah. Always, there's no destination. There's no, I mean, there's a continuous arriving point if I have mm. arrived, but I think it's all life's work. Yeah, do we? ever get there I don't know I'll <laughs> let you know if I figure it out I hope you do the same uh, so on that note where is um, where, where are we headed now with you personally so you're obviously teaching a lot um, I love your music thank I you I absolutely love your oh, music oh thank you so much so where's um, is that are we doing anything with <laughs> thank that? you I want to hear way more thank you so much <laughs> I appreciate that yeah that's another huge passion of mine a way to connect from the seen to the unseen I think yeah. this the um, the sense of sound is amazing because mm. it's you know you close your eyes and you can be moved yeah. to somewhere else with mm -hmm. the power of sound. Um, so yeah, the yoga practice has weaved into it mantra, you know, sound um, vibration. You know, there's old um, you know there's old songs and old um, kind of poetic meanderings or old stories or words of wisdom that are weaved through sound over time you you can pass a lot of information on through sound mm -hmm. you can that's time memorial like that's the indigenous of this country and in so many cultures they wouldn't write anything down um perhaps they couldn't read or write at some stage but it was always through song and vibration that everything was just continually wisdom was handed down through through vibration through songs through sound and i, I always find that really poetic and really romantic yeah. Well, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's really amazing. And actually, if you trace back the the lineage of the yoga practice, before it was written down, it was all translated or orally. It was an oral tradition. Mm. So s passed down by word of mouth, by word of sound, by word of song lines. So actually, similarly, you can trace back to the Rig Vedas. Um, and if you look into the Rig Vedas, it's this old, uh, this old script. Um, it actually... You look at it; it's very 
parallel with indigenous culture here in Australia. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the connection between the human and the sun and the elements mm -hmm. and, um, and how sound can speak to that and communicate it and how so much can be communicated or evoked through sound. Uh, Something so really trippy about that that I often reflect on, and this is just completely, this episode is about you, <laughs> but um, I reflect a lot on the indigenous culture here and their spirituality and the spirituality of India, um, primarily because I'm doing this dance, being Indian and being born here. Um, but it's interesting that you reflect that because they both feel very spiritual, um, like brimming with spirituality, if I may. Um, and they actually share the same tectonic plate with these two countries. Yeah. And uh, there's just been that's just been curdling. <laughs> yeah. In the back of brewing. my awareness. Yeah, brewing in the back of my awareness for a while. But. Yeah. I'm, I'm only just tapping into it a little bit myself, um, but I recently had the opportunity to sit um, through this kind of sound journey mm. with a gentleman who was creating that bridge between those two cultures ah. and he was actually the one who shared this with me the idea of um, you look at kind of indigenous or aboriginal uh, Australia and the, the history here in this land and you bridge that back to the same time in India mm. a few thousand years back um, you land to a very similar way of um, communicating mm. uh, that yeah. <laughs> unseen so um, and, and yeah, similarly, there's actually some, as far as I've heard, I, I don't know this personally, uh, the, the languages of certain indigenous cultures here mm. also relate to some of the languages there, like uh, it's particularly Sanskrit, mm. I've heard, uh, maybe a little bit more of the older traditions connect to, to similar sounds heard here. Yeah. So. You know, it's not a territory I know that much about, but I've recently had that experience of sitting in that space and, and bridging the gap between those yeah. two spaces. And I can't much speak speak much more to it than that. But mm. um, I've fascinating, had, had, yeah, it's yeah. certainly fascinating and, and amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, dialing back in, where with your with your yoga practice, so people are people are learning from you here in Melbourne. Um, you're obviously traveling a lot to to share the the passion. Of yoga, um, what, what's what's also coming up? Because I know that you're um, you're stepping into a space mm. where there's um, meditation is a lot mm. needed as well. Um, is that is that what's next? What else is next in terms of what are we sharing? Yeah, in your space. Well, the growth curve um, as a teacher uh, this year, I'll be running a couple teacher trainings. Mm -hmm. So, uh, working with those who are interested in deepening their practice those who are wanting to just be deeper students or those who want to be a teacher yep. or even change career path depending on what they're getting into. Isn't that amazing? So yeah, it's exciting. That you. Yeah. It's the, so the cycle continues. Exactly. Yeah. I get to share the love. So I'm going to run a couple of teacher trainings here in Melbourne mm -hmm. this year uh, as well as one in California. Awesome. Um, beyond that, I'm teaching regularly here local uh, in Northcote. Yeah. And, and yeah, I've got some ideas uh, for you know, little projects here and there, but the, the main thing is the teacher training, as yeah. well as a couple of three-day courses. So if, if you know if you're interested in learning more but aren't quite ready to commit to the teacher training, or you yeah. want to learn more about it, then you hop into a little three-day course and, mm. and start to learn more. Um, additionally, I have a weekly uh, meditation on Friday mornings. It's a free meditation. Awesome. It's short and sweet. 
come on in and uh, have a little sit mm. and um, and you know on the old the music front on the kind of the more passion projects um, uh, working on putting together a an album for yeah. uh, to be played or shared in, in kind of yoga space. So, yes, uh, I'm a big fan <laughs> of that. So I'm, I'm brewing that all up, and oh, uh, so lots lots of big projects coming through. But the main thing I'm most excited about is the teacher training. And that's, yeah, and that's where my focus is at the moment. I've got yep. the manuals together and all that. Bring so the energy into that. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, about that's it. exciting. I'm really after this conversation to be picking your brain about that for yeah, sure. Right on. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want to know. Uh, obviously, you've there's a there's a lot of um, a lot of Vedic yoga philosophy that you've you've dived into, um, and obviously I don't think that depth is available if you're not that passionate. <laughs> if I may take that yeah. take that leap of um, going there. So, what do you think it was about your personal um, your personality that took you there? Curiosity, I guess, mm. um, or I guess it doesn't really matter what you're doing. If you're into something, mm. it calls some. It calls for your attention and your interest. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's this idea. It doesn't matter what you do. It's just how you do it. You know how you how you do something is how you do anything. Yeah. So um, you know, just just by having this process of getting into the yoga practice everything about it the physical the, the breath the mental the emotional mm. um, as I started to work through it I started to see more and more and more and I wanted to learn more and more and more and what's so interesting is it's such a simple technology is it's just you your breath your body that's it yeah well I wanted to know more so I start to look in and start to look into what's going on internally what's happening in my inner world and and then I'd start to have experiences that I couldn't quite speak to. I couldn't quite understand them. They were maybe a little bit more non-ordinary, uh, yeah. you know, outside of what you Good might... Good juju. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you might not expect in your everyday life. So I started to have some of these experiences, and I wanted to know more. So uh, language is such a huge mm. tool for communication and manifesting in the world. So how, yeah. actually, I mean, how do you communicate to something that doesn't really have words around it? how do you start to understand something that you can't quite speak to? Mm. So in this way, it kind of called me to learn a little bit more about Sanskrit, learn a little bit more about language, a little yeah. bit more about the subtle stuff, the, mm. um, the, the deeper workings, the sutras, yeah. the, the mantra, you know, the, the sound, the, the poetry. Yeah, so I, um, being able to tap into those aspects uh, certainly inspired that. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm curious to know, is there, um, what's your favorite book? Is there a book um, that you've shared or read more than any other book? Well, uh, there's a few in there. Mm. Um, one lately that I've been getting into is called, it's an old one. Mm. It's an old one. It's called the Hatha Yoga Pradipika. Okay. It's really cool. Yeah. It, it gets a little bit weird. So, I mean, it's like, it's <laughs> A lot so of extra. Cool. It's extra cool. <laughs> it's extra cool. I mean, it's like it's like next level geek out. Yeah. This is the kind of book that's saying like, okay, well, if you want to practice uh, physical yoga, you act, there's actually some preparations that you probably should be doing first. One is yeah. kind of clarifying the mind, the diet, yeah. what you're taking in, mm -hmm. what environments you're in, 
Um, so there's actually a certain continuity like, of being all the way through. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, even it's suggesting before you even start to move the body that much, actually start to look at areas where you might be compromising. So mm-hmm. you know, if there's any spaces you need to heal, changing yeah, changing diets a big one. Yeah. Um, there's you know there's old cleansing techniques in there. Um, before you even get into the practice, you know, the salt water flushes or, or fasts, mm-hmm. water fasts. Um, I, you know, I might even translate that to like a juice cleanse or something like that, which mm-hmm. might makes it, make it more accessible. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of weird stuff like swallowing cloth and these old um, kriyas of like churning the belly and, yep, yep, and yep. cleansing the nasal passages with salt water and, and thread and things like that. Really, really interesting techniques. Yeah. I just kind of geek out it. But the main thing that I've got about it, it's a Hatha yoga book. Mm-hmm. And it remind it just brought me back to remembering for especially those of your listeners who are practicing yoga. Mm. It reminded me of this: if you're practicing yoga in any other way than to gain more clarity or to harmonize your life, then you're missing the point. If you're practicing yoga to get a six-pack or to make sure your ass looks very nice in those stretchy pants, or if you're practicing to get your workout in, whatever, you're tr- even mm-hmm. to stretch, yeah. you're missing the point. Yeah. And I'm guilty of that. I mm-hmm. do it all the time where I practice, and I forget the whole mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. The whole thing is to just come back to simplicity, to come back to clarity, to harmonize mm-hmm. the energies of your body and your life. So that's the aim of Hatha Yoga. I mean, you can really start to speak very specifically to what those energies are yeah um but for this conversation just gonna leave it simple just to harmonize the inner energy yeah and and when that inner energy is harmonized that's your practice of hatha yoga Mm. and then when you move that energy to just clarity to presence that's your practice of yoga yeah yeah. And that's not. I mean, that's that's a great reminder. And I I totally want to also encourage your listeners and anyone who's practicing yoga to just get on the mat anyway. Yeah. So if you know if you're practicing a, a a form of yoga that's not really speaking to that, that's fine. Keep mm. doing it. Keep keep going. Keep going yeah. down the road. Keep exploring. Consistency. Keep the consistency. Keep it steady. And have fun. I think it's great to go to really lively. There's hip hop yoga. There's <laughs> goat yoga. I saw there's, beer yoga. There's <laughs> beer yoga. <laughs> you know, you, there's all types of yoga, and it, you know you have to be discerning as well, and what you what you resonate with, what you connect with, and what's you know. I guess the reminder here is that yoga is clarity, mm. and yoga is actually more synonymous with meditation. There's yep. really no difference. Yep. Um, so. In that way, I think there, you know, in with the development of the yoga industry, it is important to be discerning mm. about staying with a yoga practice that is true to your heart and yeah. creates clarity for you in your life. You can use it as kind of a litmus test or an indicator. Does my doing yoga make my personal life and those around around me better? Does that improve their life? Yeah. Or am I missing the point? Mm. So I think I think there's some good reminders to reflect on and have a look at. But ultimately, just. I'd say just get out and do it. Yeah. There's and nothing you can't hurt, you know, as long as you just listen to your body and be mindful of the way, ways where you might even compete with yourself. Because yeah. that's another point, though, that aspect of competition does come in, certainly, in the Western mind, I believe. Uh, you got to look out for that, too, because that's also a reflection of self-study and self-observance. Where am I competing my, with myself in a healthy way? Mm. Where am I competing with myself in a unhealthy way that might damage 
you're physically. Too hard, you're yeah. Too far. yeah, I see a lot of injuries and things like that, and a lot of it's ego or, or uh, excessive competitive force. You know, yeah. my, my pose should look like this. Mm-hmm. I'm comparing myself to the person next to me. You know, which is very ingrained into our culture. Mm-hmm. So it's okay, but um, yeah, all these different areas to to reflect on yeah i was just thinking about that like a competition is something that i've personally been reflecting on a lot recently um just because i have left my job and i was just realizing how much of what i'm naturally driven by subconsciously way back where is just inherent competition mm. um whether it's and not to play the blame game but i'm aware that i was always a really good student touch wood and that had a lot to do with the fact that I wanted to excel, but excel relative to others, right? Because there was people that were being handed B's and C's, and I wanted to be the one getting A's. And it's interesting that you know, just this is one deme- one sliver of self introspection that you, is afforded when you start looking at yourself. But there's so much that we're not aware of that is running so much of our life. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. It's interesting that you touched on competition because it's really close to home at the moment. Um, just the opposite of uh, sitting with the idea of <laughs> abundance, and this is actually, yeah, Indian philosophy. He goes, abundance whereby it takes from itself and is abundant still. Mm. You know, abundance takes from itself and is still abundance. <laughs> you know, there's, there's no, what is that abundance? You know, in the land that we live in, it's like a finite, there's, you know, this is going to happen for that to happen. We're going to achieve this, and even if it's not always uh, relatively, uh, relatively obvious that we're in competition, I notice it creeping up in um, in just little things that I do. You know, um, if it's I want something nice for myself, um, it's always this relative sort of scale that I'm operating on. That I'm not actively aware that I'm in competition with something else. But there is that drive that it's like I'm consuming and I'm aware that if I give up all competition, I start questioning everything about capitalism, actually. <laughs> you know, it all starts picking apart the thread and becomes a really deep conversation. Um, but again, I have no qualms about that because then that's, again, just a reflection and an introspection onto oneself, um, which I'm really inspired that, you know, yoga has the ability to do that for the individual as does meditation. Um, the idea that yoga is unity. Can you talk to that a little bit for us, just as before we wrap out and walk our way? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. An- another definition of the word yoga is unity, or to tie together. Mm. Um, and in context, you can look at that at, at a few different angles. Mm. Um, on a surface level, yoga as unity is a means to tie together your mind in this moment, mm. your awareness in this moment to tie together different aspects of yourself, your mental, emotional, physical, spiritual self. Yeah. So it's tying together that into a sense of wholeness, a sense of unity as an individual. Yeah. There's that. Um, there's, a, a, you know, you could speak to that more deeply if uh, still to the individual as unity between oneself and the kind of greater universe at large. It's a big concept, yeah. but it's like unity between the microcosm and the macrocosm, mm. unity between who... I think I am as an individual and who <laughs> and what I am as an expanded being as a part yeah. of, of you know the, the fabric of life interconnected interwoven into it all yeah yeah and then um, I think you could speak to that too on a communal level 
on a global level, on a universal level. So mm. it's to tie together mm. each other, mm. uh, to link to each other, and um, recognize, you know, we're we're all just on our way through this <laughs> thing called life, and to honor that, yeah. you know, in, in ourselves, to honor that life force, the mm. uh, you know, our our soul or our spirit or our clarity, whatever you want to call it, inside, and that to acknowledge that in others as equal yeah. um, so in that way I think it, yoga as clarity or unity um, you know can also be cultural as well yeah, you know, yeah. Um, so yeah it's, it can speak to all, all aspects really kind of as, yeah. as far as you want to follow that <laughs> one it's such a good one <laughs> um, so on that note um, if you had the opportunity to erect a billboard in Times Square in New York yeah what would your billboard read well, in context of this conversation, I think the first thing that comes to mind is slow down. Mm. Slow down. Take a moment to appreciate. Mm. Yeah. And and move from there. Yeah, I, I think that would that would be kind of the essence of it. So it's like, I guess, coming back to the complexity of the world that we live in and all the different aspects of it and the pace that it's moving at. Just a, this billboard is a reminder to say, hey, hello, <laughs> you, you there, I'm talking to you. Slow down. Yeah. You know, have a look. Mm. What's going on? <laughs> Just slow down. Check it out. Okay, yeah. yep, you see what you're seeing happening around you what's happening inside of you because mm-hmm. you've slowed down yeah. that's awesome and then how about you turn that frequency like you turn the radio dial turn it you tune yourself into appreciation so you're like oh, okay yeah. i've slowed down <sighs> i've taken a moment to reflect on the space around me the space inside and then wait, i can start to appreciate so i've just like changed my frequency or i've changed all my vibe all, <laughs> all together it's like oh, okay so yeah maybe instead of r- rushing through times square late to this meeting you know, uh, tapping into this kind of finite system that you're talking about. Uh, well, maybe okay, you can slow down for that moment, take a deep breath, mm. reset yourself, appreciate. Like, oh, actually, it's a nice day. I'm walking through New York. New York's a great city. Yeah. Imagine, you know, and then I love that. Yeah, you come back to kind of re redefine mm. how you're moving and how you're relating with yourself and your world. And I think that's a big recipe for creating change you know if you want to be creating change in a positive way in your life you probably don't want to be creating it from an old paradigm so Mm. let's say you're trying to build something new for yourself to move into an evolved place uh well if you're kind of stuck on the old paradigm and you're Mm. still rushing around and you're (laughs) like you know i don't know pissed off for the thing that happened a long time ago yeah. and you're stuck on that well it's going to be hard to move forward yeah. whereas if you can just take a moment to kind of reset that moment mm-hmm. might be one minute that moment might be five years yeah. <laughs> in some cases that's totally. okay it happens, totally. you know, things take time um, but if you can take that moment to slow down, reset kind of reshift yourself into a positive place and then you can move forward in a positive direction mm. try something new and you can do that in any place you can do it anywhere you can do it anywhere, yeah. anytime. Amazing. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, that. thank you. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Okay, last question. <laughs> so, 
So, Chris Dixon. Yes. Amazing music, amazing yoga. <laughs> um, okay, so beyond the story and beyond the identity of all of that, yeah. um, who are you? It's a big question. Um, thank you for asking it, and it's beautiful. And in some ways, I can't answer it. Mm. You know, it's because it's unspeakable. I guess you know if I started to like the second I start to format it, the second I've lost it. Yeah. So I guess the best way I can point to it is well, I'm, you know, I can define that I'm a human, right? <laughs> <laughs> Made it that far. Yeah. Um, can define that. Um, yeah, I'm a, a being in this world, kind of mm. born into biology. This you know, sun overhead, the earth under feet. Mm. Um, you know, if you want to look at consciousness, I am presence in this body. Observing, witnessing time moving by. Yeah. I am the feelings that I feel, the dreams of my heart. Mm. I am the aspirations and ambitions of my mind. Mm. Um, and so I guess to, to point to that, that's kind of the core of you know who I define myself as. Mm. Of course, if you wanted to peel back all the layers, the story, like you said, I guess I just land to I am. I am I am presence I am alive mm. that's about as simple mm. simple as my, my answer would, would take um, so yeah but I think the the original answer would just be that the yeah you can't speak it <laughs> just, yeah. I guess it's those the essence of who I am is uh, those moments of just pristine clarity yeah mm. you might deep meditation or deep sleep mm. or uh, those aha moments you're looking at a starry sky looking out the ocean or doing something that really you know reaches you and then I guess you know I'm all the other things too <laughs> you know all the struggle and the challenge and the um, the conflict or the discord mm. that's a part of a part of it too mm. beautiful <laughs> thank you so much that's for sharing right. that and going there um, so if someone wants to get in touch with you, obviously Northcote um, Yoga is available. Yeah. Um, there's teacher training that's coming up. If they want to inquire more about that sort of stuff, how do they get in touch with you? Um, yeah, I'd actually just ask that you send me an email direct. Yep. Yeah, if you, my email. Please feel free to send me a line with any questions about yep. the training or regular classes, yoga, meditation, or otherwise. Sweet. Uh, Chris Dixon Yoga. Yep at gmail.com that's Dixon that's with an X with an X you got yeah. it Chris yeah. Dixon Yoga at gmail um, if you want to you know check me out on the web Instagram Facebook it's all, this, all the same name Chris Dixon Yoga yeah. so you exactly. can access me there but I'd love to hear from you and, and, and share to anyone who's uh, interested in, in learning a bit more or just simply practicing again it's um, you know I'm here just to share and uh, kind of uh, from a less is more approach just, just mm. have some space to to learn and gather, develop the tools so that you can support your own journey. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing yeah, thank today. Thank you. My Such pleasure. An absolute blessing. And um, <clears throat> I know that a big part of uh, why uh, I was so excited to get you here today was just, again, the authenticity um, with which you embody your life's purpose and your dharma and the whole the passion and the, the 
a steadfast determination behind yoga and to continually show up in that and then to share from that place where it fills you up so much um, that you're just organically sharing the good vibes from yeah. everything that arrives yeah. inside. Just to, just to yeah, be part of that journey is really humbling to be your friend in that process. And um, yeah, so uh, that was really what, in, what brought me here today. And uh, so for me, uh, a big thing that I like to share on at the end of the Inspired Evolution is I used to say that life is a journey, <laughs> but maybe it's just one being extended now, one being <laughs> extended heartbeat. I, all I know is that I don't know. Right? Yeah, yeah, right <laughs> but whatever's going on, um, just uh, I really want to say that I'm wishing you all the best always in everything that you're doing um, and just really grateful for your inspiration on this everything on this thread that we're all on together um, and if there's any other way to be of service to the wisdom and the message that you're sharing it, it's an absolute privilege to be here and do that so thank you so much yeah, thank you likewise <laughs> thank you. and um for those listening thank you so much you've obviously made your way here through itunes or your podcast player um or www.amrit-sandu.com um, if you've been listening to this for a while, or even if it's your first day here today, um, you know one of my highest values is connection. So I would absolutely love to hear from you and get some feedback and just to just to hear from you, really. Um, just see how you go and say good day. Uh, much love and yeah, an absolute treat to to have Chris here today. So thank you again. Thank you so much. You you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.